Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast, where we bring Sunday home. Join us as we dive deeper into First Baptist's weekly sermons, discuss practical applications, and answer your questions. Hello and welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast. I'm Jordan Upton, and with me as always is Pastor Jeff Reynolds. Jeff, how are you doing today? Doing great, Jordan. It is February. The days are getting longer. The temperatures are trending upward, not yeah. necessarily right this minute, but they're trending upward, and that just makes me happy, and so I'm very, very thankful for that. I don't have seasonal affective disorder, but it always gets to me, like, you know, the, 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 the amount of darkness that comes in the wintertime. So we've made it through all that, and uh, it is wonderful. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm I'm really excited because today Chad is recording for us. Our, Chad yeah. Chadwick Walden, who yeah. is phenomenal, um, and we're thankful to have you here, Chad. We're thankful to have you on our team. Yeah. Um, so so little known history of the broadcast ministry of First Baptist Church. Uh, Jordan was our director of broadcast and media outreach, and he was our first ever director of broadcast and media outreach um, in a full time position, and. Part of what Jordan did was to bring Chad onto the team, and they worked together. And um, Jordan, I mean, it's Second Timothy two two, kind of in a different setting. Though <laughs> you know, it's like Jordan trains up Chad, and now Chad's our guy and does a phenomenal job and yeah. and and doing amazing work. And so, I so appreciate you guys and what you do for our church. And um, it's a really big deal, partly because I couldn't do any of it, um, and you guys bring some really cool creative gifts and technical gifts and just proficiencies that make us better as a church. So thank you to both of you. Yeah, and Chad's the one who edits these podcasts week in, week out. I mean, he he's incredible. Chadwick Walden, my main man. <laughs> That's right. So today we're going to be talking about Timothy, as you kind of alluded to. Uh, on Sunday, we talked about Timothy, and we talked about his story in Acts 16. So Acts 16 comes right after Acts 15. Uh, in Acts 15, the apostles determined that Gentiles did not need to become circumcised. In other words, they did not need to become Jews in order to be saved. So then that rolls right into Acts 16, where we read, Paul came also to Derby and to Lystra. A disciple was there, named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. Okay, Jeff, so this is kind of a small question, but it's actually a big question. Was Timothy a Jew or a Gentile? His father was a Gentile, but his mother was a Jew. Which which way does it go here? That is a great question. Um, according to Jewish law, because he had a Jewish mother, Timothy would have been considered Jewish, which is another reason why his not being circumcised was such a big deal, and we'll talk about that more in a little bit. But yes, with a, with a Gentile father and a Jewish mother, the child would have been considered Jewish. And you've you've done some research to to support that. Share some of the things that you found. Yeah, so the sages just looked at passages like this passage from Deuteronomy 7 and said, you know, it looks like Scripture is saying that even if the father is a Gentile, if the Jewish woman had a child, then the child would be considered Jewish. Right. And that's a good delineator for 
how do you approach the identity of this child? Right. That's right. And so that that's an amazing thing. And so you think about Lois and Eunice, Timothy's grandmother and mother, um, their faithfulness in the face of a Gentile dad who um, obviously did not convert. He was not known. It didn't say, but his father was a Greek who was a God-fearer. Yeah. It said his father was a Greek, and that created an issue. And so it's it's another reminder not to be unequally yoked in marriage. Uh, that's a very important thing. Um, you you are, if the Lord blesses you with children, the the next decision is how do we raise these children, and that that becomes very tough. And I've met with couples many times over the years who uh, one parent is a Christian, the other is a non-Christian, perhaps a, a follower of another faith system or something of that nature, and it makes it really hard. How are we going to raise these kids? And so you know that the question had to come up, how are we going to raise Timothy? Well, we know by deduction that at least in one of the most essential aspects of Judaism, the physical marker in the skin of male Jews, circumcision, Timothy's dad won because Timothy had not been circumcised. And so that is, um, that's just another reminder. When the Bible tells us not to be unequally yoked, that means, you know, and, and, and again, I said it on Sunday, I will not perform the marriage of anybody but a Christian to a Christian, Christian bride to a Christian groom. Um, I'm not. I'm not in the wedding business. I'm. I'm a pastor, and so weddings are incidental to my calling as a pastor. Um, there are people who do weddings for whomever they wish, but um, that's that is not my calling as a pastor. So, you know, to get married at First Baptist Church. To get married with me officiating your ceremony, we're talking about a Christian bride and a Christian groom. Okay, so I want to talk about Timothy's circumcision. So it says there in Acts 16 that Paul did have Timothy circumcised so that he could go about with him because the Jews in the, the places that they were going to knew that his father was a Greek. Uh, but then it goes right on to say that they delivered to the people in these places for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles in the previous chapter. So I mean, my question is, how does circumcising Timothy align with what the apostles decided in Acts 15? That is a, a great question. So Acts 15, the central question is, do you have to become a Jew to become a Christian? I.e., do you have to be circumcised in order to trust and follow Jesus Christ as Lord if you're a male? And the the finding, the, the decision made by the Jerusalem Council was no. Now, there were certain things that they wanted Gentiles to do among them, or don't worship idols, don't eat blood, you know, those sorts of things. But circumcision, the answer was no. And what's funny is Paul and Barnabas go back to Antioch, and they deliver that news, and the, the church rejoices. I mean, and I can imagine the church rejoicing. They cheer. They're happy. Yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very excited about this. So why then, in the very next chapter, the very next paragraph, why then do we take Timothy, who is coming from a mixed religious background household, why do we take Timothy and circumcise him to then go and tell Gentile churches you don't have to be circumcised to become a Christian? Well, here's why, um, and this is important. It goes back to your first question. 
was Timothy a Jew or a Gentile? Well, Timothy was considered a Jew, but he was an uncircumcised Jew. And remember, the way that Paul went into cities was if there was a synagogue, that's where he went. Uh, Philippi didn't have a synagogue, so he couldn't go to the synagogue. He went down where the women had gone down to the river to pray. But if there was a synagogue, he went there. And people would have known, here's a kid who grew up Jewish, but he, he didn't even obey the basic tenets of the I mean, we're talking what should have happened when the kid was eight days old. So what we can deduce from that is that Paul deemed that to be such a distraction to their ministry and an unnecessary hurdle for them to have to cross in order to have a hearing among the Jewish people there to present to them Jesus. So, so what is more necessary, Timothy not to be circumcised or for them to listen to the message of Jesus. Well, what is more necessary is for them to listen to the message of Jesus. So that's why Paul takes Timothy and circumcises him here, so that Timothy no longer has this, uh, yes, I'm Jewish by descent, but I'm a disobedient Jewish person, if that makes sense. Yeah. So Timothy's no longer disobedient. He is He is following along in... Um, what he was raised to be, and it's not an issue when they go into the synagogues and proclaim Christ as the Messiah. I always like to point out that Paul circumcised Timothy because Timothy was Jewish, and he did not circumcise Titus because Titus was not Jewish. And that was the distinction that was really important in what Paul keeps bringing up in his letters. If you look at 1 Corinthians 7, Paul talks about you know his one rule for all churches, and he he says, you know, I have one rule that I gave to all the churches. If you're uncircumcised, remain uncircumcised, and if you're circumcised, remain circumcised. Now, that doesn't, you know, in Timothy's case, that means if you're Jewish, remain Jewish, and if you're Gentile, remain Gentile. Right. Um, he's saying, like, those callings are important. You know, God gave a specific calling, a specific covenantal calling to the Jewish people. So testimony ties in nicely to today's practical application question, which is actually a listener-submitted question. So the listener wrote, do we need to use modern language to talk about our faith? I see a disconnect when talking to people who say they have no connection to God or have no experience in any kind of church. A new study says that there are over 30% of Americans who list themselves as none, meaning that they have no faith affiliation and have no spiritual life. How do we translate our faith to those who don't speak our language? That's a really great question and a very insightful question from one of our listeners. I, I, I love our listeners. Mm-hmm. You, you guys are so smart and so insightful and so bright and all those sorts of things. So this is a great question and an important question. Let me start by saying that everything, every group of people has insider language, no matter what the group is. So like sitting here with you guys, I did not know what a DSLR was. <laughs> but you guys, as soon as I say DSLR, you know that that's a camera mm-hmm. that you can use to snap still photos or you can take video on, and, and you guys are all about them, and you know all the different the ins and outs of how they work. Um, I did not until I got around you. And even when I say DSLR, I know what it looks like, but I can't tell the difference between a DSLR and a non-DSLR and you know whatever else. Um, if you get into a new sport, you're going to have new language. You know, I was a football player, and there's terminology, and I know that because my wife is learning the game of football, not because I play, but because our son plays. Mm-hmm. And so there's she's asking all these questions. So everything has insider terminology. So does Christianity. 
And that insider terminology, when we try to use it with those who are not within Christianity, it makes no sense. We talk about being saved. Well, saved from what? Saved by whom? You know, we talk about being redeemed. What in the world does that even mean? The only thing I know to redeem in the 21st century is a coupon, maybe, or a gift certificate. So what, you know, um, we talk about God. And frankly, in the United States of America in 2024, you got to specify what is God? Who is God? Which God that people ascribe deity to uh, are you talking about? You know, and all those are important things. And so, so this listener is really onto something. We need to be careful that when we're talking to people who are outside the community of Christ, and, and, and so I very specifically did not use the word outsider, but frankly, that, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about people who are outside of the community of Christ who don't speak the same language. So we need to be very strategic about changing the language to make it such that they might understand what we're talking about. So, for example, I was in the car with a guy. I had a driver the other day, somebody taking me from one place to another because my truck had to be worked on following a wreck and all that. It's, it's all fine. But um, we, we got to talking about faith. And um, instead, of, instead of talking about, well, the Bible says this, you know, we got into a conversation about truth and knowing the big questions to life. So, you know, why are we here? How did we get here? Where are we going? What is the meaning of life? You say, well, that's a pretty deep conversation um, to have in a car ride. Well, here's the thing. The guy that was driving initiated it. I mean, Mm -hmm. this was God opening a door to, to have this sort of discussion. And I hadn't told him what I did yet. So it wasn't like, oh, here's a pastor. I'm going to ask him these questions. It was just... These are questions that he was wrestling with. And so we talked about the big questions, and he said, you know, ultimately I don't think any human being knows the answers to these questions. And I said, you know what, I think you're right, which is why I go for the answers to these questions to the one who I believe made us and the one who I believe made the world and who sustains the world and who keeps us spinning and keeps us going and keeps us breathing and and driving and all those sorts of things. And so... Instead of saying, well, Yahweh in the 12th chapter of Genesis, you know, no, no, no. We talked in very um, generic terms at the outset, and that led us into more specific conversations. So I think that that's just something that, that, frankly, we have to practice. You know, I would encourage you to think through, how would I share my testimony without using insider language, church words? Um, how, how do I share my testimony without saying, I got saved when I was? Or how do I explain what it means to be saved? You know, people, people understand the word forgiven, a lot more than they understand saved. People understand the word um, doing bad things or the phrase doing bad things um, much more than they understand the word sin. You know, where outside of the church do we talk about sin these days? Unless we're talking about Sin City and everybody wants to go there, you know, right. that kind of a thing. Um, so I would encourage all of our listeners to say, okay, think about your story with Jesus. And how do you share that without using 
insider language. And what's funny, I used to, to be the teaching assistant for a class at the seminary, and one of the assignments was to write out your testimony without using insider language, and I graded those. And so it was so interesting to see how hard it was for Christians who were studying to go into the ministry to take the insider language out of their testimony altogether. But it, it's a worthwhile endeavor. So I will say this in, in response to this listener's question. Number one, you are exactly right. More and more people are identifying with no religious affiliation. You are exactly right. More and more people did not grow up going to church. They do not have this, this background knowledge of what insider language means. And so some of the things that we say just don't make any sense. Um, and so it is a worthwhile effort to, to consider how we can have spiritual conversations leading to a discussion of Christ without using insider language. Well, even the word Christ, people don't understand. They think it's Jesus' last name. You know, no, it's his title, and it comes from Messiah. And what in the world's a Messiah, and and why does that matter? And so, um, that's a worthwhile endeavor and a wonderful question um, from a very very thoughtful listener. It is. It almost sounds to me like you need to reflect on your own philosophy and why you believe what you believe before you can really express that in terms that aren't in insider language. Yeah. That's right. And another thing that's helpful to me, if you have non-Christian friends, and I hope all of us have non-Christian friends, um, just having conversations with them hmm. and and giving them the freedom to say, I have no idea what you just said. Could you explain that? You know, what a great opportunity, not only to share your testimony of God's work in your life through Jesus Christ with that individual, but also with somebody that you trust to say, you know, help, help me translate um, the most important thing about me in a way that anybody could understand. Yeah, that's an awesome idea. I have several people I can think of right off the bat that I had as friends in college or, yeah. you know, coworkers or something like that, where it's like, yeah, man, I bet I, bet I could talk to this person as a friend and, you know, what how, how's this sound to you? Or, you know, if I say this, do you understand what I'm saying? Or like, what what do you actually actually think about what I'm saying here? Yeah, that's right. And just just the freedom to have a real conversation without treating somebody like a project. Yeah, you know. And yeah. and I'll just say this: we all know when we're being treated as a project. Yeah, you know, you walk onto a car lot. <laughs> and the first person who comes to you, hey, can I help you? Yeah, I mean. We're a sale, yeah, and that's our, and I have a lot of friends who sell cars. That's not, but but we all know what it is to be treated as the target of, you know, a project like that. Yeah. So just, I would encourage you even just just have an honest conversation. Hey, the most important thing that about me is that I'm a follower of Jesus, and um, what's the most important thing about you? And and let's let's have a conversation. You know, you don't have to. Um, you don't have to to lead them to pray the sinner's prayer in every conversation. I mean, it's 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 you know Jesus developed relationships with people. They knew him. You know the the first disciples didn't drop their nets to follow him at their first meeting. You know, so mm -hmm. um, this is this is a deeply worthwhile practice. I think so, and I think when you're comfortable talking about yourself and your own testimony, it comes off much better than if it's talking to a project. Yes. Cause I, I've, 
I mean, people have tried to, you know, talk to me and, you know, get me saved. And I'm just like, I'm, I, I've never known a time where I've not known Christ. Why are you giving me this conversation sure, right now? Sure. You know? um, I, it comes off as presumptuous when you presume, well, when you presume things yeah. about people and you don't like actually ask them questions and talk about yourself. If you're projecting something onto someone, it never feels good. Yeah, um, that's exactly right. That's yeah. right. So, you know, just having honest conversations of saying, you know, what has God done in your life? What does God mean in your life? Who who is God? You know, I mean, that's yeah. that's that's an important distinction. So, yeah. And listeners, if you have any conversations like this with your friends, let us know. Go to the link in the show notes or comment on the post below with the stories that you have here. We we really want to hear those. We want to hear questions you have about further discussions. Yes. We we want to address those on the podcast. That's right. That's right. We want this to be as helpful as it can be. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff, can you pray us out for today? Let's pray. Lord, we're thankful. We're thankful that when you made Timothy and you knew the circumstances of his household and you knew the difficulties and all those sorts of things, you nevertheless had plans for him, plans to use him as your mouthpiece to so many people's lives. And we are so thankful for Timothy's ministry that is still impacting people today, including us. We're thankful for Paul, who poured into Timothy and who raised him up. And and Paul really didn't fit the bill of whom we might choose to be your mouthpiece, and yet, nevertheless, you chose him, and you forgave him, and you changed him, and you used him in amazing ways. So we pray, as those who have come to Christ, asking for you to forgive us and asking for you to change us, we pray that you would help us to be instrumental in helping other people do the same thing. And so, Lord, we once again surrender our lives to your lordship, to your leadership, and your guidance in our lives, and we pray that we would be instruments in your hands to help people trust and follow Jesus, even as we seek to do so ourselves. We love you, Lord, and we pray these things trusting you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to our channel. To submit a question about Sunday's sermon, the Bible, or walking with Jesus, click the link in the episode description. Our hosts today are Pastor Jeff Reynolds and myself, Jordan Upton. Our engineer is Elliot Beckley, and our editors are Chadwick Walden and Fuying Ying Engdahl.